Hey, Lois, how are you doing today? I'm good. My eyes are a little dry. Um, is this episode brought to us by anybody or anything? No. All right. <laughs> Let's continue on with the content <laughs> then. Late nights. Late nights. Late nights. Late nights. With Travis. With Travis. With Travis. With Travis. With Travis. Late nights. With Travis. Lowe's. Hey, Lowe's, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good, man. Fantastic. Uh, this is the late nights episode. <laughs> this of, is the, wait, the Traveling Lowe's show. This I is, forgot what our show, podcast is called. Wait, yeah, this is the late show. Welcome to Late Nights with Traveling Lowe's. And hey, I got, I got this uh, content <laughs> I want to share with you. <laughs> that's not that's not how people speak. Yeah. Hey, have you heard that new content? <laughs> Oh, I just that's industry I just, person just uh, talking about stupid things. I just messed up the audio there. I laughed too hard. You, in the mic. Well, I'm glad that I can make you peek <laughs> laughing. Ooh, you make me peek all day. Ooh. So, hey, you have a new job. I do have a new job, and I want to talk about that in this episode. <sighs> yeah. Open loop. Open. This episode is brought to you by a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no sponsor. <laughs> um. Okay. So, you you just started a new job. I and I thought it would be like really fun to kind of like crack that open. How 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 long have you been there now? Two so weeks? when we're recording two weeks, when we're recording this episode, uh-huh. it's six and a half weeks. You've been there six weeks. Six and a half. And a half. Today is Wednesday. Okay. Dude, and it's I don't over. Even know who you are? Like you, <laughs> I, what? It's been six weeks. Six and a half weeks, and by the time this episode goes out, it'll be eight and a half. I've barely talked to you about this at all. Yeah. So when this goes out, I'll, I will have been there two months. I was like, oh, I'll give him like a week or two <laughs> and then I'll ask him how it's going and that's going to be a good episode. <laughs> it's been six weeks. <laughs> it's been six weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you have a new job and what I want to talk about is kind of like how to have a new job. Oh, yes. You know? And I'm thinking that the skill set of finding a job, which a lot of people talk about. Yeah may or may not be the same as being good and being valuable at your job. So what's your take on that? Is it the same skill set? So let me let me reflect what I'm hearing. Okay. It's there's a skill for finding a job mm-hmm. and then there's a skill for being good at your job. Yes. And the question is can they coincide? Like the are they the same skill set? I'm are sure there's overlap, but like Oh. I'm just saying like No, they're not. Okay. What's the diff? Um so if you're if you're an individual contributor, mm-hmm. like you're focused on being the best at what you're doing. Okay. And when you're looking for a job, you kind of have to go into this always be selling mode without ever selling. What's that mean? That means I'm never looking for a job, mm-hmm. and I'm never interviewing. But I'm always looking for a job, and I'm always <laughs> interviewing. Does that make sense? Are you is that are you still even now? Six weeks in, are you always looking for a job and always interviewing? I am. And are you talking about interviewing at your current employer? Like you're just trying to make the best impression always? Is that what you're saying? No. What are you saying? Not at all. I'm saying I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And if something great comes a- along the way. I'm like not ready to move on. I mean, I've been there six weeks. Right? right. But like fast forward two to four years. Okay. I don't know what that future looks like. Oh, th- that's not really what I'm asking. I'm okay. not asking your personal plans. Oh, God. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is, what I'm trying to say is this. Organizing a portfolio, interviewing, all those kind of things that it takes to get a job. Yeah. Are they going to, 
are they going to impact your first week? Are, are they, they going to, you know what I mean? Are they going to make you a valuable employee? Got it. So, so that, so those skills of finding a job, which is selling yourself uh-huh. and the uh, artifact of that is a organized portfolio mm. and case study or mm. what have you. What you're saying is how does that translate to your first week at that job? If you do get it. Yes. And putting in, putting forth the quality of work and getting that job and by way of those artifacts, does that have an effect on how you're perceived your first week or the expectation for your first week? Yeah. All that. I'm just asking what's Mm, the connection. Okay. So I think there's, there's one thing for sure that um, I found to be true and impactful is the momentum that a company has with you as they're hiring and when they hire you, if they if that momentum continues to speed up and they're able to maintain that momentum with you when you get there the first week and mm-hmm. speed it up a little bit more mm-hmm. what i find to be true and exciting about all of that is uh you're set up for a, a, a certain cadence and, and energy um that continues for the next quarter two quarters year even two years so this is called in psychology i think it's called the halo effect yeah wh- wherein all of your current actions are judged by your first impression mm-hmm. or, or, or at least filtered through that, filtered that first through it, yeah. impression. So yeah. you're saying, you know, we have the interview process and we have the portfolio showcase and all that, but your first week on the job is going to set the tone for the first six months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll set the tone on, uh, especially, uh, um, it'll set the tone, mm-hmm. uh, full stop. In every right. aspect of what you could set a tone for. The first week. Yeah. The level of your visual design. If you're a visual designer, your UX thinking, the sure. way that you present. So, w- so walk me through your first week. Like, how did you... Can I go get my notebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do some quick editing here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, so what did you do on that first week that was so critical? And how did you set the kind of tone for you know yeah so yeah i'm winded because i went and got my notebook oh yeah (laughs) there's a uh i started august 28th okay monday and uh obviously because you always start on monday no (laughs) no not really not really no and um there's a bigger narrative here um that was motivated by this change um and that's i'm a professional and what does that look like and so i was looking at my life and there were moments when i was at atlassian where i would um uh, teeter-totter or seesaw between being an amateur and being a professional okay um and the professional moments were kind of like these trash can fires of professionalism <laughs> which is like really hot what <laughs> they were really hot burned bright uh-huh. and big uh-huh. and then they died down okay right <laughs> and so and so i didn't want that uh, what i wanted was a constant fire of right. professionalism and so what i what um so in transition between both positions um, from the moment that I started interacting with the company, I, uh, had this mindset of like, I'm a professional. What does that look like? Uh-huh. And part of that, 
there's a lot of changes that we can dip into if that's where you want to take it. Um, but the, the main reason I'm saying that is there's one major change that professionals do and the way that I've interpreted interpreted this and styled it to like Los, like what does it mean for Los to mm-hmm. have this, is I write down everything, everything when I have any conversation with anyone at work. I have the notebook with me and I take analog notes. You didn't do that at, at your previous? No, I only took mental notes and then when it made sense for something that I was like, oh, this is probably important, I'd write it down. Uh-huh. Um, and part of that was kind of like the scope of work was a lot of people were already doing a lot of that thinking for me. And so I was being asked more to be kind of like, look, stay in your lane and be an IC and mm-hmm. do that really well. Okay. And so like the moments to take notes when you're uh, uh, as an IC, um, I didn't have as many opportunities where I was like, I should be taking notes. Right. Whereas now I'm like, I need to be taking notes because there's a lot of things that I have, have to think about. Right. Cool. So, so really quickly, actually, what is the difference in roles between so the different jobs. the different roles is um before atlassian i was a individual contributor and i had the title of a user interface designer uh <coughs> slash user and how many designer. people at atlassian are that same title and position and whatever so that this was at pinger before atlassian oh sorry and it was product design and then i moved to atlassian to be a marketing designer uh-huh. and ended up uh uh, being a web designer. Okay. And the title of web designer at um, the team when I left, there was about 30 of us. The team web designer or or the, the position that I had was about three to six of us. Okay. So in the company of Atlassian, there's about six of you guys that are on the same kind of like track. Yeah. In the same lane. Yeah. Okay. And then now you're going to uh, this new company called... Yeah. Juxta Labs. Juxta. J U X T A L A B S dot com. Juxtalabs.com. And what lane are you in now? I'm a creative director now. Okay. Creative director, yeah. So you're not an individual contributor anymore? Uh, I'm not uh, exclusively an individual contributor mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. because we're a uh, about 20 person funded Series A company. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I need to dip into IC because we need to move faster. Sure. Right. There's a lot more responsibility around um, the organization itself. Yes. And the, and the structure of the teams and yes. like the functioning, like keeping the machine running. Yes. All right. All right. And, ru- and running towards the right things. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so the reason I got my notebook and I kind of preface uh, answering this question with all that is because context is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me being a professional... Um, what it looks like for me is taking analog notes for every um, conversation that I have with someone at the company. Got it. And your question was, how do you, like, what was that first week like? Like, what did you do? Yeah. How'd you carry off that impression or how'd you reinforce said yeah, impression? Yeah, I mean, just because we had said that this first week is setting the tone for yep. the next six months to the year. So number one, taking notes sets the tone that I don't need to remind this guy about things because he's taking notes and is diligent about following up with them. Right. So there's one, a level of professionalism where like, if I say something, he's going to capture it Mm -hmm. and then he's going to follow up with something thoughtful with like a next action or a next, um, uh, or or like a follow up to expand a thought or expand Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. note. Right. So that's thing. Number one, 
which was write everything down. But then when you write everything down, it allows it, it creates this artifact that now you have this this thing that exists and you can take action on it. And it's way easier to take action action on things that you write down than things that are fleeting in your mind. Okay. And we we talked about this in a long episode ago, which is like write things down. Yeah, yeah. You had an episode. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Great episode. Um and so that was week one, right? Yep. Was that that's one thing of, of setting the tone. The uh other thing was which I already mentioned was following up. Following up is important. Mm. Um and being it because when you're working fast with uh several different teams, being the one to follow up and, and close some open loops, that is a, a valuable thing. Yeah. Or or uh uh experience to have as a company Mm -hmm. um so not only do you become the person that's like hey he 90 percent of the stuff that we talk about is probably captured and thought about and then followed up on if it's really important Mm -hmm. so that's that's number one um and then number two is because you're writing everything down you're getting fire hose with information Mm-hmm. and being able to write things down and then ask clarifying questions so you understand it mm. sets the tone that you're, you're going to not accept what you hear. That's good. You're going to clarify it so that you build shared understanding. Why, did it, why, did, why is it important that your peers understand that about you? Um, it's important for them to understand that I'm going to seek for a shared understanding Mm -hmm. before we leave the room. And it's important because then what that creates is an environment where um, when I'm communicating, it's not ambiguous. Or they're communicating with me, it's not ambiguous because we will always find uh, shared understanding and creating a shared pool of understanding before we move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And it's important because they'll know that that it's a thoughtful experience and a thoughtful conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. And so to recap, um, the tone that I set, right? Cause it's kind of like, kind of hard to do like design work the first week, you know, <laughs> so just to jump in and fix stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so what all of this also allowed me to do is, is to communicate. I'm in uh, a stage of observing mm-hmm. and part of the observing process is I write and, and think through a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And, um, part of week one was to um, kind of take a look at our design process, um, our design workflow and how work gets done, assess it. And if there isn't one, um, uh, suggest a solution and think through a solution. So I was able to do that uh, three or four days in and then present a solution of like, this is, this is a thing. This is how it could be used. Um, This is not, a representation of who I am. This is only an idea. And my goal is to get us 80 to 90% of the way there, mm-hmm. put it up, and then we kick it around mm-hmm. uh, so that it makes sense for us, whatever it is. And um, so all of this was done in the first week. Um, and I think that set the tone for like, all right, this guy is going to be thoughtful, uh, considerate, and unoffended by any critique that may be heading his way and will seek to 
um, agree on what we're talking about Mm -hmm. before moving on to talk about it. It sounds like a creative director I'd want to work for, I think. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Because CDs can also often get this kind of like it's my way or the highway kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your goals now and and how have they changed since, since coming from your last position? So last position goal was, um, even then I was uh, all about seeking knowledge. Okay. It was a ping. It was all the way up till, up till then. I was just like, how can I gain more knowledge and work on that? Mm. And now, now I'm at the point where I want to impart experience and wisdom, um, and kind of like, and create, and create an environment where I can influence and coach mm-hmm. from what I've learned and um, uh, help ask the right questions to help the team discover the right answers. My job isn't to find the answers. My find is to help define the problem clearly. And that's different. It's different. Than your previous successful, like uh, the, the previous vision of success. Yeah, the previous vision of success for me was um, here's a, here's a, uh, visual design, user experience design problem. Here's your influence or, s- or scope of work, mm-hmm. that, uh, where you touch it. And, uh, let's come up with a few options that mm-hmm. we can then, uh, decide if we want to test it. So when you're going into uh, a new, a new office space, new work, you know, team, you know, a uh, new job, uh, what kind of like milestones are you like like how far out are you planning you know like, mm. how, how, like how do you like orient yourself toward the company's objectives but also your personal ones and kind of set that set that up yeah so because we're at a startup that's moving fast mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to plan like what are we doing in six months kind that's of thing. true yeah and so the furthest that we can look comfortably or or um accurately or best guess estimate um i'd say i'm comfortable at looking at about uh six weeks out and what kind of milestones do you have for six weeks so six weeks out um so let's let's back up and talk about uh the six days (laughs) okay (laughs) and the reason the reason i'm saying that is that uh the way that i'm trying to think and create like a product design uh, cadence is what can we do in the next six days yeah. uh, so that we can learn and apply to the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. And so in the, uh, so in the next six weeks, the idea is uh, to run with a more mature direction of what we're uh, launching and testing in the next six to 12 days. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah. so that's like a milestone from, for output. Yeah. Yeah. And that output is what aligns with the company's vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, however, then I have, uh, like design design team goals that are, I'm thinking a year, two years out here. Right, so this is about the, how the team works, not necessarily what product you're creating. Yeah, because when it comes to the product, it's okay to think six weeks, six to ten weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, at the speed that we're going, it's kind of hard to know what's going to be in six months. 
And so we kind of take, you need to take it in uh, consumable chunks. Right. And so it's like, what can we do in the next six hours? What can we do in the next six days? What can we do in the next six weeks? And then we can even look at it at six months out, but that's very like loose and kind of uh, throwing like paint up on the wall and mm-hmm. we still don't know what's going to stick. We're kind of in that stage. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the metaphor is like spaghetti. Yeah. Throw spaghetti noodles at the wall and see which ones stick. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes a little piece. <laughs> sometimes a little piece of meat in there. <laughs> yeah, spaghetti. I like that. That sounds like a lot of work, man. Um, how are you striking a work-life balance? Ah, so amateur and professional. Uh-huh. I'm gonna keep coming back to this. Okay. Um, there was a list that I read today on Twitter by uh, Farnham Street Blog, and it's this kind of like a knowledge thinker or like. What's the thought thought leader? He's like a okay. thought leader and writes things. And he had this list of amateur versus professional. Ooh. And it goes through the list of like amateur does this, professional does this. And it's like a list of like 80 things. And then I tweeted the guy. He never responded. I was like, I agree with the list, but I think you need to be an amateur before you're yes. ever a professional. So it's like, it's not a this versus this. It's a this, this then. and then this. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great qualifier. <laughs> and so when I was reading, I was like, yes, I've done all of this. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to do is is understand where I was an amateur and level it up to a professional to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask, you know, how are you balancing it out, this kind of work-life balance? Because um, I need a balance being a creative director, which is um, st- strategic thinking with the CEO and co-founder. And then uh, coaching and mentoring for the design team. And then um, uh, focusing on the design workflow. And also designing the design team. Like designing the little big details of what a design team is. Mm-hmm. And and building that culture. That's all things that are within the sphere. Also educating my peers and other departments that I work with. And what the role of design is and what a healthy role is and what a healthy relationship is with that. So there's kind of like cross team collaboration. What What's the, in my view, the best way to do that. Mm. And then we need to move the product forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I am also a designer that knows how to design. So I need to hunker down design. Okay. So those are the things that are like at work. So number one, how do you balance things at work? Right. And uh, so let's put a pin in that. We can come back to that later if we want to. And your question was, how do you, it feels like a lot or seems like a lot. How do you balance it all right now? And, uh, which is looping back to this amateur professional kind yeah. of thing. A lot of times that I've, a lot of the times I've read in self-help books or productivity books or, um, success people books. <laughs> success people books. Yeah. Is there like a section at Barnes and Noble? <laughs> success people, please. <laughs> and, um. Uh, all of these kind of have, all of these say this following statement in their own way, which is, this is what successful people do. These are the habits of highly successful people. Yeah. These are the habits of rich people. Like yeah. all of that. And the first thing to think about is what is success um, in that aspect. And so the way that I'm defining success for me right now is can I maintain a sustainable cadence and a sustainable amount of energy throughout my day? Mm-hmm. And if I'm able to do that, and um, that's that's a measure of success that I, that I'm using. 
and if I do have that kind of even keel or like uh, sustainable amount of energy throughout my day, then I'll be a good father. I'll be a good husband. I'll be a good friend, a good uh, son, a good brother, a good employee, a good leader, a good contributor. Yeah. Right. And so back to this professional amateur thing is I, one of the things that successful people do and which I've been testing out, we're going on two months now is you wake up before everyone else, (laughs) before everyone else in the world, I guess you could say. And, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's kind of a tall order. Tall order. You're just always awake. You just don't. Yeah. You're never sleeping. (laughs) Um, I woke up on Thursday. (laughs) It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Guess who's still awake? <laughs> world, I'm always waking up. <laughs> Got you, world. Your turn. <laughs> Your turn. Psych, I'm be watching. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I wake up. Um, uh, I aspire to wake up at 5 a.m. Uh-huh. And um, I'm averaging at about 5.15 a.m. Oh, okay. And... Uh, that's number one. Number two is uh, make room for yourself and make time for yourself. Mm. And I do that in the morning. And uh, that varies from person to person. It could be meditating. It could be writing. Uh, it could be walking. Yeah. Um, for me, it's strength training. And Do you find that clears your mind also? Yes. Oh, and cool. I think there's a flywheel effect here is that you may think that waking up early and working out are two extremely tiring things to do before you even start your day. We all know that it's the opposite. Yeah. And it's an invigorating activity. Yeah. It's invigorating. And what's invigorating about it is not so much that you're sweating or that there's an endorphin effect or Mm -hmm. anything like that. The way that I'm looking at is those two things are extremely hard to do. Mm -hmm. Wake up early and then work out. Oh, it's the make your bed principle. It's the make your bed principle Mm -hmm. where, um, because it's the hardest thing that you will yourself through mm-hmm. for a while until it becomes a habit. And uh, like anything else that comes at you that day, it's no big deal. Like Because you've already done the hardest thing. You've done the hardest thing. I've, I woke up at five. Yeah. Put my glasses on, some socks. And that's it. Glasses and socks. Glasses and socks. <laughs> and then you hit the bench. And then you hit the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, and then you, uh, for what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm cycling <laughs> even better. <laughs> just, just glasses and socks. <laughs> Picture this glasses, socks. Oh dear. <laughs> cycling seat. Oh, that seat. And so, Poor seat. um, and then I do a 45 minute. I'm like, cycling too. In yeah, the morning. Yeah. We're cycle buddies. Cycle buddies. Yeah. And so cycling and, uh, and like getting done with all that, just like, you know, yeah, I did that. Now I'm going to go run some meetings and, uh, focus and do some creative work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, okay. So that's, that's number one to, to help balance. Right. And, um, that's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's a good number one, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for a little tour of how you're starting your your new new section of your career. Yeah, I think that um, I think that 
being observable observably mindful about what people say to you letting them know that you're in taking what what they're giving you like you know, we, how you're doing it by writing it down using follow-up and clarifying questions and then using the art of follow-up to make sure that things actually happen mm-hmm. is going to go is going to go far realizing that this first few weeks sets the stage for the success of the next six months yeah and 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 leveraging that knowledge to really make an impact in the beginning yeah is also uh, key and then striking a work-life balance as you say by doing something in the morning that's completely selfish but also that will give you the energy and the fortitude to handle whatever comes at you throughout the day is a really great uh, tool that we could kind of use put in a you know tool not really put yeah. that in our bag <laughs> Uh, and become successful in our own places. Um, you don't need to have a new job to impl- implement these things. No, um, I accidented into this. <laughs> 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 and what I, what I mean by that is like, I kind of got lucky that there was a clear delineation between this yeah. and I kind of had a good uh, line in the sand to pause and think. Did you say lion pause? Maybe. Let's go <laughs> with that. Uh, and so to support what you're saying, it's it doesn't have to be that way. Sure. It could be done now. Thanks, man. I appreciate all this all this great information. Uh, hey, everybody at home, thanks for listening to this podcast, um, and and thanks, you know, for showing up every week and, and hearing what we have to say. Um, this is it. This is the uh, this is the podcast. We're done. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Wait, is it, can I bite you? I said good night. Bite. <laughs> can I bite you? I, I can't hear anything right now. <laughs> it's because you got a beanie and a hoodie. It's cold outside, dude. Uh, when you publish this episode, publish it as a minute and a half long episode because that summary is amazing. Like you summarize exactly what it is. Oh yeah. And then, like, if you want to hear the full interview of what this, you know, summary is about. That's episode two. Episode two. <laughs> that way we can get away with a whole week of not doing anything. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Good night. Bye.